Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Guys, on March 11th, 2020, the world experienced a major change. I'll never forget it. I was sitting at my desk, and one of the things that came up, it was, it was the, the Big 12 tournament was canceled. I was like, what? You're, crazy. You're kidding me, right? March Madness is about to happen. And, and, and I mean, we, we just kind of entered, and the word I like to use is an unprecedented change, um, basically, in the world, okay? In the way we live, in the way we conduct ourselves. Now, 25 days later, we're all wondering, right, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Will, will we be able to return back to regular life? I mean, is, there, is, is that coming? Will our kids be able to go back to school? A lot of people are asking that. Will our kids be able to go back to school? Are they done for the year? Will, <laughs> maybe you're asking this, will the shelves ever be full of toilet paper again? I mean, it's, it's just really freaked out, right? That's a good question to ask, right? Now, here's a frustration, Okay. The frustration is, is that we really don't know. And, and that's what's scary. That's really what we're, we struggle with is the unknown, okay? And, 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 so, and so because it's worldwide, it's just been, it's just been an, an incredible change. And, and what's happening is there's a lot of people that I talk to that they're beginning to embrace what we call the new normal, okay? While they're waiting for life to return the way it was. Does that make sense? It's basically we're going, okay, this is, yeah, oh, I, want to, I need it to go back to the way it was. And while we're embracing a new normal, I've heard stories about this. I've heard some great stories. I've, I've, I've seen families, guys, spending time together. I've seen families come back to the dinner table. Can you believe that? Because we were, at times, separated as we moved very quickly. I've got to go here. I've got to do this. Okay, let's just get some. And now we're back at the dinner table. Praise the Lord. We're taking walks together. The other day I drove home, and and people were flying kites in the park. And I was like, yes. And I'll tell you this. I have seen the church go above and beyond to help others to call others, and to pray for each other. Now listen, I'm just asking you, Calvary Church, guys, I'm just asking you, please keep doing that. Keep, keep reaching out. There are people that God puts on your heart that we need, to, we need to invest in, we need to call them, and we need to tell them they're not alone. A, a, a simple word from you could mean, could mean all the difference. And I, I appreciate it. I know you guys are doing it. I love you for it. Okay? I think some good stuff in this change is that we put our differences aside and we forgive and we move forward. I've also heard some bad stories. You go, yeah, me too, Pastor. Ones where people have gone in and bought essential items from the store only to sit outside and sell them at an inflated price. That's a bad story. That's a bad story. I've heard of people hoarding up things and, and not leaving stuff for our elderly. And I've heard of people, honestly, being lonely and frightened through all of this. Listen, <clears throat> guys, that's definitely a change. 
You know, life as we know it has changed. And for how long? Well, nobody knows. So many people have slowly begun to embrace this new change. So my question to you is, how are you handling this change? Wow, Ben, that's a good question. How are you, how are you doing with this new normal? Now, listen, I, I tell you this story because, listen, I believe it illustrates a change that's coming soon for all living believers. You go, say, what? Yeah, yeah, see, as Paul begins to finish up this letter to the Corinthians, he simply reminds them about a change that is to come for all of those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. Now, let me step back for a moment. Let me remind you. Yes, we've all been catapulted into a change, a change in our world. But Paul is going to talk about something. Although it's a physical change, it's really, it's really rooted in foundation in a spiritual Change. And you go, how so? Well, let me take you back just a moment, okay? Let me remind you what we've talked about, okay? Paul the Apostle. Now, I've got to be honest with you. Listen, when we hung out in John, oh my goodness, I loved hanging out with John. John, this was like my favorite. And then now I get to hang out with Paul, and I'm like, Paul's my favorite. I mean, Paul is just like, the dude is, okay, well, he's addressing a problem in the church, right, concerning the resurrection of Jesus, and, and many people, remember, he goes and he plants the church, and many people come to faith, right, believing in the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Okay, many people, but somehow along the journey, they sort of, they, they sort of turned away in unbelief. Ah, oh, oh, I'm not so sure. Okay, and so you would ask the question, well, Ben, how did this happen? How did, how did they like get saved? And then now they're kind of, they're kind of doubting. Well, let me give you some background. Okay, you got to remember the Greek philosophers. Okay, and even some Jewish rabbis in the church at Corinth, in the city of Corinth. Well, they would deny the resurrection of the body. What they were thinking is, again, remember, it was the source of man's wickedness, right, or weakness and sin. This is the body. And you guys know this. You guys know this as believers, right? You battle two, 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 two. You've got the, you've got the spirit, you've got the flesh, and, and the spirit wants to praise God, and, and the spirit wants to say, I want to see a victory. And the spirit says, Amen, Jesus. And your flesh goes, mm it wants to. There's this inner civil war, and so we, so we know this. And so we know this. We go, oh, okay. So what, what the Greek philosophers thought was they were going to what? They go, no, no, no. We, we, we embrace death because it sets our soul free from the body. We can really be who we are. And, and so they thought, well, well, here's the bodily resurrection. They go, no, 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 no. Here's why. Listen, I don't want my same body to come back to life. And then I have to struggle all over again. No. And so all of a sudden, they were teaching that even within the church. And he go, oh, it started, to, it started to cause some people a little bit of doubt and a little bit of unbelief. And so they write to Paul and they say, hey, Paul, listen, there's some people in the church that don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus. They don't believe. Hey, oh, no, 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 no. So what does Paul do? Guys, listen. Paul teaches the truth of the gospel. Okay, the truth of the gospel about the resurrection here in chapter 15. How so? Okay, let me tell you this. This is a long time illustration, but I think it'll make the point. Okay, if you want to spot a counterfeit $100 bill, if you want to spot a counterfeit $100, you don't study the counterfeit, what do you do? You study the real thing. 
You study the real thing so much that when a counterfeit comes by, the color, the texture, whatever it might be, you go, oh, something's wrong, something's wrong, and you can spot out a counterfeit, okay? So instead of Paul going, ah, let me, let me, let me just attack the Greek philosophers, let me just put holes in it, what does Paul do? He teaches us the truth, the truth of the gospel. He says, man, your foundation has got to be good. And he says, let me tell you the truth about the resurrection. Now, stay with me, okay? Stay with me because you really need to understand what Paul's talking about. In the first 11 verses, guys, of chapter 15, Paul gives the affirmation, the foundation of the resurrection of Jesus. What is it? It's the gospel message. The gospel message. He says this in chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. He says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So I go, Amen. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. You go, oh, 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 oh. Why do you keep bringing that up every time we're together? Why do you keep saying it? Well, here's the thing, guys. This is... This is Apart from COVID-19, apart from plagues, apart from viruses, apart from the flu, apart from economic situations, guys, we need the gospel. I understand this is a time where people are, are feeling emotionally distressed, and I understand this is a time when, hey, you need Jesus. Yes, I need Jesus. I don't know. No, no, no. But, but apart from that, guys, the gospel is the gospel. And what Jesus says is that we must be born again, so it's a supernatural thing. So if you're watching right now online, and all of a sudden your heart starts to beat a little bit fast, you go, hey, you know what? I'm not really sure if I, I, okay, Jesus, do I really believe that? Has my life been transformed from the inside out? Is that really my foundation? Why? Because in, in verses 12 through 19, Paul again then teaches us, guys, check this out, the consequences for denying the resurrection. You go, what about it? Well, think about this, guys. Denying the resurrection involves denying Christ's redemptive work in our lives and in the world. To deny the resurrection goes, "Ah, I'm not sure if Jesus really paid the penalty for sin. And denying the resurrection means, guys, that we're not saved. What are we putting our hope? What are we putting our faith and trust in? And we have no hope, and our faith is, is weak. And you go, well, how does that apply to us? How does that apply to us? Why is this so important? Here's why, guys. Because if our foundation is compromised in any way, man, we're going to have problems related to our faith and our own beliefs. You go, what do you mean? We're going to begin to doubt. We're going to begin to stumble. We're going to be in, we're, 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 and you go, what do you mean? Well, here's what happens, first and foremost. I know in my life, okay, fear can creep in and take control. You go, what do you mean? Well, see, it was the other day. I just happened to be flipping through the news, and I saw the world news tonight. And as they were, you know, I mean, what's on everybody's mind is the virus and, and, and coronavirus and all this stuff. And, and it really overwhelmed me, and I could, fear, I could feel fear creeping in. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But I have to go back to my foundation. The foundation is the Word of God. Well, what else can happen? Well, hopelessness, guys, hopelessness is, can be a, a, a constant companion. Just this week, and, and we're praying, and we're praying for you, but just this week, guys, there were so many people who really struggle in this time in the world, and they're really freaked out about what's to happen, and I get it, but they feel like they have no hope. We have no real answers, 
You've got to go back to your foundation, the Word of God. Because what's next, guys, is if, if, our, if our foundation is cracked, if you've got a little bit of unbelief, a little bit of doubt, what happens is anxiety and depression likes to come in. Well, Pastor Ben, I've got a question. Are you saying that the Bible is the cure for the coronavirus? No, I'm saying your foundation needs to be solid so that you can keep walking in the strength of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Guys, still wash your hands. Okay? Still wash your hands. Do everything you can. Be prudent. But make sure your foundation is solid in the Word of God. If this goes away... In the next month, two months, six months, if this goes away, your foundation still needs to be in Jesus Christ. Okay? We don't want to go, yeah, you know what? In that time there, man, we went, man, I was walking close with Jesus, man. But now it's good. Now everything's back to normal. I'm good. And so I'm walking away from the Lord. No, no, no. We want your foundation solid. That's what Paul's saying. Okay? That's what Paul's saying. And so what Paul does, guys, is he says, okay, make sure your foundation is solid. What does he do? He says, let me offer you what great Christian hope. He said, Jesus did rise from the dead. As a matter of fact, he quotes this. He says, that is why we stand in jeopardy every hour. And what he was telling the Corinthian church, he goes, guys, this is why, this is why we're, we're being beat up. Because we know it's true. Because it's true. And I believe it. And I know that what? That the, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And let me tell you what you need. You need to be saved. You need to be saved. Okay? And so he says, this is why. And then if you tuned in last week, guys, we learned that Paul answered two pertinent questions, and then he gives four amazing descriptions. And he was actually talking about the sun and the moon and the stars. And, and, and this week, check it out. Listen, this week, I hope this blesses your socks. But guess what? This week... We stood out, we, we stayed out on Thursday night and we looked up at the stars. Hadn't done that in a long time. And the Lord knocks on my heart ever so gently and ever so loving and goes, Hey, you know, I made those. I said, Lord, you, you did great work, man. You did great work. And he's like, But you hadn't seen him in a while, have you? And I was like, No, Lord, I'm sorry. I hadn't seen him in a while. And Paul reminded me, it was to be taught. I was like, Oh, Lord, you're so good. Hey, can I ask you a question? Really, guys, when was the last time you just looked up at the stars and marveled at his, at his creation? When was the last time you stopped for just a moment? It's so beautiful. We're driving to work sometimes, right? Remember, let's go back. Let's go, let's go way back a month ago. <laughs> let's go back. And remember when we were driving to work and we see a sunrise and we're like, God, you made great sunrises, but, but we're texting and we're driving. We've got to call this person and don't forget that. Oh, man, I forgot I got to do this. And we miss the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset in the glory of the Lord. Today, Paul answers the final question, guys. He's going to answer that final question. He says, okay, so if those who have fallen asleep rise first and they get brand new God-made body. Isn't that cool? God gives brand new. I love that. Why? Because I get to trade this in for a brand new model. I'm only leasing this body for now. It's, only for, it's, only, it's on lease for a short time. But one of these days, I'm going to get a brand new model. The question that, that's going to be answered is, what happens to those who don't die? What happens to those? Now, in his letter, remember, Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, and the question is, what happens to those who don't die? But you go, Ben, everybody in Corinth probably has died from this letter. Yeah, probably. So who is he talking to? He's talking about us. 
Because we're still here. Okay. So what do you mean? He goes, okay. We are the ones who are alive and remain, waiting for the Lord Jesus to return for his bride. So what happens to us? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. That's the change that we need to embrace. If you embrace the change that Paul talks about, there'll be peace in your heart. I promise. If you'll embrace this change. How so? Well, let's pick up our study in verse 51, guys, in your Bibles, okay? 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Paul writes, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In other words, I love what Paul says. Why? Because he starts off with a statement. What's the statement? He says this, Behold, in other words, listen up. This is serious. He says, I'm telling you a mystery. Look at your Bibles, guys. Circle the word for you. Why? Because that really jumps out in the Greek, and you go, how so? Because if you recall, the church at Corinth thought they knew everything. Okay, they were all knowledgeable. They were walking around going, yeah, we know stuff. And Paul's guys, no, 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 let me tell you. I mean, you don't know it all. You don't know it all. Let me tell you a mystery. In other words, he says, let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. You go, whoa, okay, what is the secret? Well, if you have a pencil handy, the word mystery is, 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 is translated hidden in God's purposes, but now revealed. That's what I love. But now revealed. Oh, whoa, okay, ben, 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 ben. tell me, what's the big mystery? Here's what he says. He says, we shall not all sleep. Now, I'm not talking to some of you who didn't get any sleep last night or who were falling asleep and then woken up and you're know, not all going to sleep. I didn't get my eight hours. Oh, my beauty sleep. He's not talking about that. He says, basically this, jot this down. We shall not all die. Isn't that cool? They're not cool. Right? Because that's really the case. That's really the case. We're not all going to die. The mystery, guys, concerns, jot this down, the rapture of the church. When Christ, I love it, right? Because it could happen right now. Let's wait for it. It happens, guys, when the dead will be raised first and the living will caught up to be with him and we shall be changed to be like Christ. And all of a sudden, this is going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about it, okay? I want you to think about this. Our loved ones who knew Jesus, who believed in Jesus, my dad, your dad, uh, I mean, people that you knew, they're going to be changed when the Lord returns. And some of us, guys, the Bible says, will not taste death. He says, but we'll all be changed. And that's the change I need to embrace. You go, well, what's going to happen? Well, the word is actually transformed, right? Changed. That's what we're going to do. It, it, this is what he says. We're all going to be, we're all going to be changed. We're not all going to die. We're not going to die. I think it was funny. I think it was funny. I mean, maybe it wasn't funny, but uh, <laughs> we were working last week, and uh, Jesse and myself and Adam, we were all working, and and uh, all of a sudden, so so Adam wouldn't get du- he wouldn't get sawdust and, on his nose. He had covered his eyes and his face, and then all of a sudden, he he kind of thought, "Hey, what if they were raptured and I was left behind?" And I said, "Adam, why would you be left be left behind?" I don't know, maybe. But the point here, here's the point. The point is, is that some of us are not going to taste death. And I'm pretty sure Adam's going to go too. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I just, um. But anyways, here's the point. The point is, is, that, is that we're not all going to die. Now, now listen, listen. 
There are some that are going to die. And, and there, are, there are some people we love that are going to get the virus and they're going to have underlying health issues or whatever it might be and, and they're going to die. I hate it. But Paul's talking about those that are going to be changed. Changed. Now, what God did is he's so amazing, guys, that he actually gave us a preview. He did. Yeah, he actually gave us a preview way back in Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5, just a couple of verses. You can turn there. You can jot this down. Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 to 24. Here's what what the writer of Genesis, Moses, Adam, whoever you want to credit to. We credit it to Moses. But he says this. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch. Do you guys remember Enoch? He walked with God 300 years. Now, here's what I want you to say. I want you to remember this phrase. He walked with God. He walked with God. Okay? And he says, and the Bible says he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And it says, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That's my reference. That's your reference. Why? In chapter 5, guys, we see a dismal refrain. You go, what's that? It says, and so-and-so, and he died. And he begot sons, and he died. And if you look at all of chapter 5, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. Enoch is the exception. The Bible says that he walked with God. Now, why did I want to, to, to emphasize that phrase? Here's why. Listen. Because walking with God, and he says it means he walked closely in fellowship with God. He walked closely in fellowship. Now, here's, here's my plea to you and myself. Are we walking closely with God? My pastor called me the other night. Okay, on Wednesday night, and, and he gave me some sad news, but he also gave me some good news. Okay, the good news he said was that 44% of Americans surveyed feel like we need to come back to God and back to the Bible. 44 out of 100 are saying, This is, this is making me want to come back to Jesus. And I said, Oh, if it was so true, yes, yes. Guys, listen, the church, the church isn't mad at people going, well, see, you didn't, you weren't serving God before. You can't come. You know what we're doing? We're saying, please come. Please come. We want everyone to come. We're not mad at you. We just want you to be in heaven. We just want you to be in heaven. Are you walking with God closely? Are you praying? Are you worshiping? You, you, you allowing the word to read you? And to make that change. Listen, listen. Man, I got saved when I was 17. So I've been walking with Jesus a long time. And I've got to be honest with you. I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. And I still know that the word of God changes me and in my heart. And I still blow it. I get so mad at me when I, when, 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 when I allow my flesh to ask, Lord, I just need more of you. I just need more of you. I want a fellowship with God. I want to talk to him. He'll talk to me. I want to talk to him. As Enoch is walking with God, it says, and he was not, for God took him. One day, they're walking, and he just disappeared. Instead of dying, it doesn't say he died. It said he just took him. He took him. He was changed. Okay? There There wasn't a body... Of Enoch, right? There, he, he transformed that body. 
It's so cool, much like Elijah. So we've had a couple of references, and I'm thinking, oh, that's so cool. So it's not something new. We're going, oh, I don't understand. I don't understand. No, Paul says, I'm going to show you a mystery. Check it out. We're all going to be changed. And you go, and he's shown us before. And he's shown us before. You go, Ben, what does all this mean? In other words, Enoch went directly to heaven without dying. He was changed. He was changed. That's what Paul is, is going to talk to us about. Okay, back in our text. He says, Paul says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all die. We shall not all sleep. But we shall be changed. You go, how? How? Okay? He says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Wow. What does Paul say? Okay, if you have a pencil handy, do you want to know what a, how, do you want to know what a twinkling of an eye, how, how fast that is? Science has defined how long a twinkling of an eye is. Okay, you ready? Here's what they said. A twinkling of an eye is half a blink. Half a blink. That's what a twinkling is. Now, everybody's going to blink. Okay, blink, blink, right? Sometimes we just blink. Half of that. So you go, so what happens? So we're going to be here. We're going to be worshiping the Lord. I'm going to be a victory. You know, we're, just, we're, worship, we're worshiping God. And then half a blink, boom, gone. We're going to hear this trump. And I, I don't think it's going to be an audible trump. It could be an audible trump. I'm just thinking I'm going to hear it in my spirit. And I was thinking, cool, if we had, man, we should have had Mel up here with us. We should have had your trumpet, bro. We should have had you go blow that saga. We, woo, that would have been cool. That would have been cool because we'd hear the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ, he says, man, listen, and here's what it is. He says, the dead is going to be raised incorruptible, right? Transformed. We talked about that. And he says, we shall be changed in less time than it takes for you to blink. Now, if you were online on Wednesday, we talked about that, okay? But for the sake of our Sunday group, let's quickly look at the process in First Thessalonians. So hold your finger here in First Corinthians because we're coming back. But go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So what happens to a believer who takes his final breath here on earth, his or her? Because he died, because Jesus died in our place and he rose again, okay? Remember what happens. He descended, he took all of those in Abraham's bosom and he took them back to heaven. Here's what the Bible says. When a believer here, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay, so what do we do? We cry, we miss you, this is hard, I get it, but you're in the presence of the Lord. And you go, well, what about that fella Dives? Do you remember Dives? Dives was the rich man in Luke 16. What happened to him? Well, if you die in your sins, the Bible says that you're going to go to uh, the other side of Abraham's bosom. It's a place we call Hades, okay? And it's a place of torments, and that's where you're going to wait God's judgment. We call it hell. He went to hell, but really it's, hell is after the great, great white throne judgment, so, Ben, why do you say that? Well, here it is. All the more reason to make sure, guys, you're right with Jesus. And at the end of this teaching, I'm going to give you an opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Now, it's a little bit different, okay? Because if we were all meeting at the church, I'd have you come forward. You'd pray a prayer. We'd walk together. But we're online. So I'm going to, I'm going to offer you that same invitation 
but I still want to walk through this. And so that means you're going to have to call me. You're going to have to email us. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to text us. You're going to have to tell me, yes, I've, I've given my life to Jesus. And uh, this is all the more reason, okay? This is all the more reason. So what's going to happen? The first Thessalonians, what's going to happen? And here it is. Verse 13, we talked about this on Wednesday, but let me just go through it real quick. Paul writes, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. What does that mean? He says, I don't want you to be in the dark. Concerning those who have fallen asleep. Same term, those who have died. Okay, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be in the dark. He says, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Why? He says, for if we believe, notice, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Okay? Notice the gospel. If we believe, if we put our faith and trust in God. Why is this important? Listen to me, church. This is important because there are a lot of people who believe in Jesus, but they don't put their faith and trust in him. They believe there's a spirit in the sky. They believe there's a greater power. They believe, but, but they're not walking with God. And that's how we grew up. I, I mean, I believe, right? I mean, where does oxygen come from? I don't know. I believe God brought it. Who's God? Uh, but, but here he says, this is, this is the term. He says, if you put your faith and trust in the fact that Jesus died and he rose again, just like he told us in 1 Corinthians, he says, for I say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain, right, until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who sleep. Okay, so how, Pastor, how? Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Okay, let's wait for a shout, guys. Wouldn't that be funny if Jesse shouted? That'd be like, ah, but he's not going to. Okay, so, so we're going to wait for a shout. The voice of an archangel with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. We know this. This is the word of God. And I think about this, man. All the cemeteries, all the graves, everybody at the command of God... Boom, the dead in Christ, all the believers are going to rise first. Now, let me say this, okay? There are people who will debate me all day long. I don't believe in a pre-trib. I don't believe. The Bible teaches, and we're, we're going in the middle of the three and a half years, okay? Three and a half years is going to be great. Then it's going to be, okay, so those are called mid-tribs, okay? Then you have people go, no, Pastor Ben, you're crazy. Woo, you know, You've been eating too many cocoa puffs. I mean, you're just, you know, cuckoo for cocoa. There's no rapture. There's no such thing as a rapture. Listen, here's the thing. Listen to me. Listen. Our pastor taught us this, in essentials, unity. Okay? So if you're a believer and you say, man, I don't believe that, but you believe in in the essentials, what is it? Is that, that my Jesus was born of a virgin birth. Okay, and he lived a sinless life, and he died on the cross, and he resurrected. Those are essentials. We, we've got to be in unity in that. In non-essentials, liberty, there's freedom. There's freedom, right, but in all things, charity. Let's make sure that we don't... Let's make sure we're not beating each other up for a non-essential because we're still brothers in the Lord. Let's, let's, let's make sure we just go, amen. Well, I don't believe that, Pastor. We do. And this is what we teach. Well, how so? Verse 17 says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So, I mean, again, guys, if it's a cloudy day, chances are we could go home. And he says, Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Now, again, let me give it to you real quick. Okay, if you notice the word caught up, caught up, in the Greek, it's harpazo, harpazo, 
Okay? But if you translate the Greek into Latin, it's where we get the word rapturus. Rapturus, where we get our English word rapture. So when somebody goes, hey man, I believe in the rapture of the church, they're, they're speaking the word of God, okay? We just don't use the Greek. We don't use the Septuagint of the, hey, harpazo. But if you want to start using that, we'll do that. Hey man, how many of you are ready for the harpazo? I'm ready. What's that? What's the rapture? Oh, I don't believe in the rapture. Well, it's the same thing. We're going to be raptured. We're going to be raptured. What does it mean? It means to snatch up quickly. Boom. To grab it. To be gone. Half a blink, guys. Half a blink and we are out of here. I don't think God can do that. Oh, man, God can do anything. Half a blink. Half a blink. And that's what he says. Now, here's what Paul says. I'm going to hit this and then we'll move on. Okay, Paul says, comfort one another with these words. Listen, I don't find much comfort with you telling me, bro, we're going to the tribulation because I don't want to go through that. I'm, I've read it. In, I mean, it is... Man, people are scared with this. Could you imagine with an all-out hell on earth breaking? No. Mm-mm. Comfort one another, guys. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. Now, back in our study. I don't want to get too much in that, but here's our study. This is what Paul is explaining here in 1 Corinthians. Okay, He says, we're going to be changed. This is going to happen. And then he's going to give us more details. Look at verse 53. He says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then, everybody say then, shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Okay? The word then is very, very important. Okay, let's backtrack a little bit, okay? Christ reverses the condition of mortality and grants people what? The immortality God created in them in, to, to enjoy him, to to. To, to be with God. He says, okay, listen, we're born, guys, we're born in Adam, and we're born corruptible. But when we're changed, we're going to be changed into incorruption. We're going to go from mortal, this is mortal, to immortality. And when that happens, he says, man, listen, that's when we're going to be able to say, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory. Pastor Ben, question. Why is this going to bring me peace? Well, here's the change that we need to embrace. You guys ready? It's exactly what Paul just told us. Here it is. Don't be afraid of death. As a believer, here's what's happening, okay? We've got to put on our thinking caps, okay? Verse, put on your thinking caps. He says, but those who have died, everybody goes, I understand that, and those of us who remain when we're resurrected, whether it's through the trumpet sound, the, 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 the shout of the Lord, his command, and we're changed, or whether you take your final breath on earth, he says this, we are all going to put on immortality. We're going to be changed into a glorified body. We're going to be like Jesus. And if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. Why? Because here's what it tells me. I don't have to, fa- I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear death anymore, okay? And I can actually say this in my heart, the change that I embrace, I can say, oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your sting? 
Now, okay, okay, so listen, I know what you're thinking because I've been there, okay? I've been there when, when you've lost a loved one and you go, Ben, that stings. I get it. It stings here on earth. But here's what, here's what Christians tell me. I will see him again. I will see her again. We're going to be reunited. We're all going to be changed. It's going to be amazing. Pastor Ben, will I recognize my loved ones on earth? Well, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. I hope that, you know, we have some similarities, right? I mean, I'd, I'd hate for me to run into Talia in heaven and not know who she is. Okay? I mean, I'd hate to be like, oh, hey, hey, little girl, whatever it is. And I mean, I don't know. But I know that I, know that I don't have to fear death. Here's why. Because of what my Jesus did. Because of what my Jesus did. Because his death, burial, and resurrection, guys... Whatever side of the grave, right? Whatever side. Either side of the grave, because of what he did, man, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, that's a lesson I want to learn because it brings peace. It brings peace. I like what Warren Wearsby writes. He writes this. He says, quote, There can be no sting in death when a person is a Christian. For Christ has taken out that sting. There can be no victory in the grave, for Christ will one day empty the graves and bring forth his own resurrection power, end quote. Do you, do you guys even get this? You go, what do you mean? This just blows my mind. Why? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Heaven is secure. You get heaven. You get Jesus. Man, you... you you're, you're in heaven. It's done. You believed. Boom. That's it. But not only that, but what he says is while you're on earth, you get abundant life too. You have peace. You have joy because of Jesus. We get it all, guys. Listen, when you get Jesus, you get it all. You get it all. And it makes me wonder, right? It makes me. Now I'm going to use me. Okay, I'm going to use me. Not y'all. Me. I wonder why I walk around bummed sometimes. <laughs> What's the matter? I'm a Christian. Yeah. I have heaven, that's secure, I have earth, I have peace and joy and everything, but I'm really bummed. It blows my mind. Why does that happen? Because I've got to check my foundation once again. Where's my foundation? It's in the word of God because that doesn't happen. So we've got to go, wait a minute, Ben, 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 you're right. You're right. I get it all. So I don't have to fear. Listen, I'm sorry, I'm constantly pounding on this, but listen, I want to share, look at, look at me. I believe you must be prudent and wise concerning COVID-19. I do. But don't let the real virus get you, which is fear. 365 times in the word of God it says, fear not, fear not. Don't, let, don't be ruled by fear, guys, because that is something that's... Okay, okay. I'm just all over the place tonight, this morning, but that's okay. Last night we were watching the Ten Commandments, okay? So normally they don't show the Ten Commandments until Easter, but I guess there's no sports, so they had to show it. But nonetheless, here's what happens. Guys, they were ruled by fear. As the plagues came, they were ruled by fear. And I said, we don't want to be ruled by fear. We don't need to. Because the Word of God says, the st- Oh, death, where is thy sting? It's not there anymore. 
Yeah, Ben, but, but, but it does hurt. Yes, it does hurt. And it does sting when we have to say goodbye to a loved one here. I get it. But the loved one is not gone forever. Because of a believer, we go, amen. Amen. See, I had a sister who died when she was 19. I had a mom who died when I was, when I was one. I've had, I've had my dad. I mean, we've all had people that we've loved uh, pass. And the beauty is, I'm going to see him again. I'm going to see him again. And as much as I'm looking forward to seeing my mom and my dad and my sister and, and my loved ones, as my niece, as much as I look forward to that, I've got to be honest with you guys, my heart longs for Jesus. Uh, heaven isn't heaven without him. Okay, we've got to get back to our study. We've we got to get done. Notice verse 56. Paul writes, The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. What does he mean by that? Well, here's what he says. He says, The sting of death is sin. Why, Pastor? Because it is by sin that death gains authority over a man. Okay? That's why. The strength of sin is the law because the law stirs up sin. You can look that up for yourselves, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Another reference is Romans chapter 7, 8 through 11. The strength of sin is the law because what? What does the law do? The law goes, oh my goodness, yes, I can't keep the law. I'm a sinner. But Paul says in verse 57, but thanks be to God who gave us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a great place for an amen. Why? Because I want you to keep this in mind. Thanks be to God, meaning... Meaning this. What does Paul say? Okay, catch it. Paul says, okay, the victory is in no way due to ourselves. Paul says, man, it's God. It's Jesus. That's the victory. That's the victory. As a matter of fact, jot this down if you're taking notes. Psalm 98, verse 1, it says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The victory. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. Okay, so now let's close. We're going to close our study. Thank you for hanging out with me. Uh, verse 58. Now, don't, don't, don't tune out yet. Okay, we got just a little bit more. Verse 58, Paul says, therefore, because of everything we've studied, anytime we see a therefore, he's going to give us some application. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not, excuse me, knowing that labor is not in vain in the Lord. Okay? I keep wanting to put a not in there, but there's no not. Okay? So what is he saying? Okay, guys, think about this. This is great. This is great application for us, especially today. You go, what's that? He says, because we're going to embrace change, because of the peace of Jesus Christ, because he is my foundation, he is my rock. He says, beloved brethren, I look at you and I say, guys, be steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. What's he saying? He's saying, first and foremost, a firm belief in the resurrection helps us in our walks. How so? It gives us a solid hope for the future. Okay? 
Check it out. Our, our firm belief gives us a solid hope for the future. You, Pastor, I'm not sure what that means. Now, remember, we're closing, okay? We don't have to fear what the world is doing. We just need to put our faith in trust in Jesus. Remember, I was told that because of coronavirus, 44% of Americans believe we need to come back to God and the Word of God. You go, what does that mean? Guys, we have a solid, bright future. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? Now, the second point. The second point, guys, is it gives us incentive for service for the present. What do you mean? What should we be doing while we wait for the Lord to come back for us? What should we be doing? Guys, serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. And serving the Lord means serving his people. What's the first thing we must do? Man, we must offer forgiveness for, for others. We must, we must offer forgiveness, guys, each other for our sins. We must walk like Enoch, man. We must, we must have fellowship with God. We must walk close to God. And I'm saying we must, we must serve people the same way Christ did. We must have compassion on people. Even those that are scared and frightened and a little bit worried about what's going to happen, let's have compassion on them, guys. Let's show, may, let's, let's show some grace and some mercy. Here's my thought. We need to look up. We need to look up, right? For our redemption, our redemption draws near. Our redemption draws near. Now I'm going to pray in just a moment, okay? And, and I, I really, this is, this, is, this is the most important part. Why? Guys, because, because I believe the Holy Spirit is moving right now. He's moving in the midst of, of online. He's moving in the midst of our church. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus. And what God is asking us to do, guys, throughout the Word of God, is He wants us to repent. Okay? He wants us to believe, put our faith and trust, but we need to repent. We need to turn from our sin, and we need to follow Jesus. And I'm asking you this, not because of the coronavirus, not because our world is in a mess, not because we're... I'm asking you to do this because God, through the power of His Holy Spirit, began knocking on your heart. And I don't know where you are across the world. I don't know what your, what your situation is, but here's what I'm asking you to do. If, if God is speaking to your heart today, will you open up your heart? Will you invite him inside? And now you're looking at me and you're going, what do I need to do? Now everything, everything has just been super focused right here. Everything is focused. And you're going, what do I need to do? What am I doing? Well, guys, before we finish this last worship song, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to ask your Lord, where am I with you? Do I have a relationship with you? And if you go, Ben, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. I'm I'm scared. I'm kind of frightened, and I don't know what to do. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. Put your faith in Jesus. Ask him to come into your heart. I don't know how, Ben. I don't know how. Listen, maybe you can pray something like this. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm so sorry. I believe in you, God. I believe and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I believe, Jesus, you died like Paul said. And you were buried, God. And I believe on the third day you resurrected. 
And I want to put my faith and trust in you. Jesus, I'm scared. I'm scared in the world. I'm, I'm frightened. I'm not sure what, where to go next, but I want to keep my eyes on you. And Jesus, if you're coming back soon, I want to go with you. So I'm asking you, God, in prayer, come into my heart and be my Lord and be my God and be my Savior. And Lord, I could sure use a friend. Be my friend. I believe in you. And I choose this day to follow you, Jesus, for forever I'm yours. Guys, if you prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you to the family of God. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all your heart, we believe what the Bible says that you're born again. But listen, I want to know about it. I want to walk with you, okay? So here's what you can do. First and foremost, jot this down. CalvaryChapelLubbock.Church, okay? Go to our website, send us an email. Boy, boom, you can, you, you, you can let us know. You can just you can direct you can email us directly at calvarylubbock at hotmail dot com. Just send us. Hey, listen, I prayed that prayer. We'll send you some materials. We'll walk with you. If you're if you're watching right now and God spoke to your heart, will you go to the comment section and say, "Man, I just gave my life to the Lord." All the family will rejoice with you. You know what the Bible says, man? When one person repents, I mean, guys, all of heaven rejoices. And so, man, we, I want to see a big party in heaven. I want a big party in heaven. Hey, if you're watching this later on our website or you're listening to it later on the podcast, just call us. Call us here at church, 799-2227. For those of you listening internationally, it's 806-799-2227. And we'll pray with you. We'll send you a Bible. We have a Bible study guide. We want to see God's great works, man. Hey, we love you. We love you. We love you so much. And uh, you're not alone. And we'll get through this together. Hey, we're going to see you Wednesday night here at 7 o'clock. It's going to be amazing. We love you. God bless you. Let's worship the Lord. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.